Hello, you're listening to the Bonded Books Podcast, where we discuss books, fight over book boyfriends, and the lack of filter is a family trait. If you're lucky, you might even hear one of our dogs barking in the background. Because hey, if we have to deal with them, then so do you. We hope to dazzle you with our discussion while not being hurtful to the authors we feature. Success not guaranteed. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Okay, I just have a couple things I want to cover before we do the book. Yes, please. Okay, so the first thing I want to say is that we got an email from Jackie, who's emailed us a couple times, actually. Oh, hey, Jackie. She emailed to say that she completed the reading challenge. Oh, yay, Jackie. Good for you. Yeah, so uh, props to her. I'm going to post the little table she sent us on our instagram i'll just read it real fast the books that she did for each uh category okay so for take flight she did the reich by lily main for perfection she did Mm -hmm. rajal's resonance by ruby dixon i just am reading that for best mates she did the dark phase bargain by jamie schlosser Side note, I actually really like this series, and this author has some really good Faye books. Okay, let me write that down. I should have been ready. What's it called? The Dark Phase Bargain. Okay. And actually, it's funny because I just finished reading that book. Oh, yeah. And I'm in the middle of the Ruby Dixon book. Not that long ago. Yeah, I read that in February. So maybe I mentioned that on the... Yeah, I think that's, that sounds familiar. I really like that author. She also has a lot of contemporary romance. So for anybody who wants to read her contemporary romance, I've read a couple of her books that are not fantasy, and those are also good. Okay. Okay, for Bloody Good Time, she did Care, C-A-I-R, by Erin hmm. Hawk. Stabby for You was The Alien's Obsession by Zoe Draven. Non-human female main character, His Darkest Craving by Tiffany Roberts. Heard It Here was The Frog Prince by S.J. Sanders. Oh, we did that. I love that book. Season One Read, Stalked by the Kraken by Lillian Lark. Love that book, too. Mm Mm-hmm. Less Than 50 Reviews, Alien Castaway by Honey Phillips. Mm. Borrowed Books was Games with the Orc by Catherine Moon. Okay. I'm interested to know how she was able to borrow that book because I think when we read that to talk about it with Trev, we had to buy it. What What do you mean borrow? Like from a library? Yeah, that square is for borrowing. Like... Borrowing it from the library, getting it from a friend, finding it in one of those little library boxes. Or maybe she borrowed it on KU. Maybe that was yes. on KU. That could be. That counts. Okay. Um, doesn't seem sanitary. <laughs> <laughs> Your favorite. The yes. Sins of the Orc by Finley Fenn. Now, oh, I kind yeah. of feel like any book by Finley Fenn would fit this box because there's so much hydration Mm. happening (laughs) (laughs) yes there yes there is and the last box is lip service the fey queen's captive by sierra simone sierra simone does some spicy stuff i've heard of her books a couple times on heaving bosoms and bonkers romance podcasts she Mm. does some spicy things Oh, I'll have to check into her. So that was Jackie's reading challenge. So congratulations to her. And yeah, there were some on there. Yeah, because it's only what? The middle of March and she's already finished? Good for her. Yeah, I, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's not that hard. And you, she didn't do this, but if somebody wanted to, they could have multiple boxes checked by the same book. Yeah, and I, it'd be interesting to know what people because Jackie did a lot of the books that we've read or I've read and I 
wonder what she thought of them. Rate them. How many panties there, Jackie? <laughs> Maybe that will be the reading challenge next year. Different right. panty ratings. <laughs> okay, that sounds good. So then the only other thing I wanted to mention before we start with today's book is the Reader's Retreat Yes, in Scotland. Um, Join we are going to be people. there. Yeah, yeah, come on. It'll be fun. It's going from October 6th to October 9th in Scotland. And I'm actually going to update the link that we have in our show notes because before... I don't know why I didn't think of this sooner before I was having it go to the Facebook group for yeah. the event. But now that mm -hmm. there is an actual website dedicated to the event, I'm going to update the link. So now when you go through our show notes at the bottom, it will say the website for the reader's retreat, which is bookish haven events.com. Yeah. If you guys if can get it together to go, you should go it's limited to, I think, 30 people. First come, first serve. It's in the Highlands in Scotland. It's absolutely beautiful. If you look at the pictures, Rachel and I are sponsoring. And we, of course, are already signed up, ready to go. And I can't wait. It's going to be a blast. There's going to be things to do every day. And it'll be nice to commiserate with other readers. I agree. And we have a lot of listeners actually in Europe. Maybe it'll be easier for them to travel to the event. Yeah. Join us. Mm -hmm. We're very friendly and approachable. <laughs> Contrary to how we come across on the podcast. Yeah. You may <laughs> wish that we didn't approach you by the time I'm done talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Rachel will be there to tell me, could you reel it in a little mom? Yes. Can, can you just bring it down a notch? Yeah, you may need to do that. Okay. All right. Especially when we're around men in kilts. You may need to have some secret code or something to say to kind of get me to realize that I'm an idiot and I need to calm down. <laughs> calm down. Damn it. Mm. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm sure we'll have to have something. <laughs> I'm surprised you're even going with me. You may just walk away and pretend like you don't know me, but that's all right, too. I might Except have done I'll... that in the past. <laughs> but I, I will ye yell your name at the top of my lungs. Remember when I used to do that? I used to get so mad when you'd get lost as a kid. I'd be yeah, like, well, don't fine. walk away from me then, or I'm going to yell your name really loud. That's what you get. I used to tell my kids in the store when they were littler, if I can't see you with my eyes, I need to hear you with my ears. So yeah. you need to be close enough that I can hear you. I can't tell you how many times you got lost in a store. And I finally said, I'm never taking this kid shopping again. So she's <laughs> tall enough that I can see her over the clothing rack. So now are you ready? Well, you're going to introduce this book just because I can't say this author's name. Okay. The, today's book is Wolf in the Sands by Amy Kuvalainen. I'm really hoping I'm saying her last name correctly. That's how I was going to say it. I'm pretty confident from absolutely no basis that that's how it's pronounced <laughs> sweet yeah sweet that's what we like the way this book opened let's just start at the very beginning okay so the book opened with a lot of information about the different houses when you first start at the cover and then you're thumbing through the pages when you look at the chapters, it shows that the book is actually divided into three parts. Uh, part one is the land of sand and sky. Part two is the city of rivers. And then part three is called tricksters and magicians. Then you get into all this house stuff. Yeah, it's, it starts with the world of Aru, southern kingdom of Ankara and its houses. And there's multiple houses. There's so much information in the beginning of this book. I'm like, what's happening? I would say that if you don't have a basic to middle of the road understanding of Egyptian mythology and, mm -hmm. or, and including, I should say, Norse Viking mythology, this is not the book for you because you will be so fucking lost mm -hmm. because it is a combination of those two things, but it's a very heavy combo of those two things. So you yeah. kind of need to know both of those pretty well. 
I was very grateful, and I, I think I did tell you that I used to go to the Egyptian Museum up where I used to live quite often because they, they had a lot of really interesting stuff, and it was a pretty good museum to go check out. So I have some background of knowledge of the Egyptian gods and what was going on then. And then also the Viking world and the Viking gods. Honestly, I learned a lot from watching that series Vikings. I learned a lot about them that I never knew before. But I both of them are complicated and involved. And to put them together, it was very difficult for me. This book definitely reminded me of the Vikings TV show, like you're saying. But then I also kept thinking about the movie The Mummy. I used to love that yes! movie. Oh my God, that is hilarious because I was thinking the same thing today. Yeah, I love Brendan Fraser. Mm -hmm. Love him. I love that movie. I still to this day will watch it if it comes on. It was great. It was a good movie. And I did also really like that museum that you're yeah, saying. Yeah, you, you know the one. And like when they talk about Freya, I or uh, I know about her from that Viking show. So in the book, they combine these two different mythologies because the female main character is from the Viking, for lack of better terms, world. So everything about her is Viking and Norse. And the male main character is from the Egyptian world. So then when they meet, you have all of her background and all of her stuff and then his stuff. And then there's a little bit of overlap. And it was a lot. And it could be very quickly overwhelming for people who aren't into this heavy world building. And this is also supposed to be a standalone. Really? Which, this was a lot of information for a standalone. And the book was kind of long for what we talk about on the podcast, at least. Mm -hmm. It was 327 pages. Yeah, that is a lot. I will confess, I stopped reading this book at 72%. Yes. I, yes, you told me that actually surprised me that you stopped reading it towards the end um, because I didn't have a problem finishing the book. I do think it could be quickly overwhelming because there's so much stuff happening and so much mythology being thrown at you. But then having said that, I didn't do my notes for this book the way I normally would do my notes because we were going to talk about this book a little bit differently. And instead of going over everything that happened in the book, especially since you didn't finish it, I think we were just going to I was just hoping to read the blurb from Amazon. Go ahead. And then we could talk about some of the stuff we liked or in your case, maybe the stuff you didn't like and why you DNF'd it. Let me read the blurb on Amazon. A Viking witch touched by the gods, a magi prince from a mysterious world, a love that will shape the destiny of a kingdom. Betrayed by her gods, Fen is sold by raiders to the mysterious people of sand and sky and taken to Aru, a world of impossibly impossible beauty and cruelty. An accidental encounter with the pharaoh's son will alter her fate, offering Fen a chance to earn her freedom in the most unexpected way. Khan knows that change is coming to Aru, but he never anticipated it would be in the form of a fierce witch from another world. Fen is a gift from the gods, and he will do everything he can to keep her safe. Prince and slave strike a bargain. Khan will protect her and send her home in a year's time. And in return, Fen will teach him about her magic and gods while pretending to be his royal concubine. When betrayal burns Khan's world down, Neither he nor Fen can predict how their bond will change them, awakening fierce magic and a love that will impact the very fate of Aru itself. At the end of that, it says, Wolf of the Sands is a standalone romance novel in a high fantasy world based on Norse, Egyptian, and Mesopotamian myth. It contains plenty of action and a guaranteed HEA. But please note it does have graphic violence, swearing, and sex scenes. See here, this is a good ending for the book because it it is a high fantasy story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That does combine all that stuff. So I think this is one of those books where I personally don't like reading the blurb before I read a story, but here it would actually help you. I exactly thought the same thing just now. I'm like, I never read the blurb, and if I had read that blurb, I probably would have said, I don't know if this is a book for me. Because, honest to God, when I read the title, 
I thought it was about a wolf shifter. So when I sent you this book and said, what do you think about this for the podcast? Did you just look at the cover? Yes. Oh, okay. I don't, did you read the blurb? Yes. I've actually had this book on my list to try to read oh. it for a while. Well, that's that's why I said yes and didn't question it. Because you said, oh, I've, been, I've had this on my list for a while and wanted to read it. And I thought, okay, that's fine. Um, but I did think it was a, about a wolf shifter. So when they started talking about all this Egyptian mythology and Viking mythology, I was like, what? Where's the wolf? Where's the shifting? Mm, okay, I could see that. I did really like the fact that she was a shield maiden because I freaking love shield maidens. They are uh, badasses. Yeah, yeah, they are badasses to the bone. But the whatever else she is, I can't even say this word. S-E-I-O-O-R. Oh, I think that's C-O-R. I tried yeah. to look it up on Google to see how some of these words were pronounced. It's kind of hopeless for me. Well, I, w I will say after reading this that obviously the author is incredibly intelligent because she goes into a lot of stuff, a lot of history background. I give her kudos for, you know, it definitely was not a dumbed down book. It was a smart book for people that are into that kind of stuff. How's that? I agree with that. Unlike that time we read, what book was that? Silver Dragon. Yeah. Where I got fucking pissed because his friend that was the nine-tailed fox wasn't actually called a kitsune. And I said, they're like dumbing it down for the reader. And yes. I was offended. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you do yes. not have that issue here at all. She actually knows what she's talking about. If you do know these mythologies very well, you will not find errors in what she's saying. Not that I know the, these mythologies well. I just feel like you would appreciate it or people who do know them well would appreciate the detail or research she put into them. The mythology for Egyptian things I know better than the Viking things, Begin, believe it or not. But anytime she mentioned a god, I knew the, the image of it popped up in my head. I knew who she was talking about. So, yeah, I mean, if this is your your thing this is the book for you i personally felt like i was i learned more from this book i it, it was more than sitting in a history class in college i'm like oh my god there's so much information here yeah i could see how that's part of the problem with the book because i like to read sometimes to just turn my brain off which sounds weird yeah. to say that i read to turn my brain off mm -hmm. but it's like my version of like vegging out on the sofa and watching tv so a mm -hmm. lot of times i can just read something that's a little bit simpler i don't really have to like work my brain <laughs> for the most part yeah to get through the story and follow along or to kind of figure out what's being talked about. But for here, you can't really do that. So you need to be paying attention and focused as you're reading it, which is totally fine. Correct. Yeah. But it's not always the type of book you want as a reader. Sometimes you just want something to get lost in mm -hmm. and you don't realize that time is passing as you read it. A absolutely. And I feel like for me, when I picking something to read, as we all know, uh, I'm doing a million things at once. I have to really be sucked into a book because I'm like, oh, I could be doing this instead. I mean, I my house is a mess. I have a, it's like a designing slash crafting explosion in every room in my house. It's like, oh, I have to walk away now because I have to read for at least two hours. So I want it to be something that. I get lost in and it's mm -hmm. enjoyable and sure I'll take some enlightening, but I don't want a PhD. I think also too, for me, it's easier to read books like this sometimes because I do a lot of reading in the morning time as I'm drinking my coffee before work. Mm. And so I'm waking up and I'm sitting up and I can do the highlighting and stuff. I think you do more reading at night while you're laying in bed. And so it would be harder for me personally to do that and be focused and doing the highlighting and stuff well there's never a good time for me to read because in the morning i have to have coffee i'm not awake it's if i start to read i'm gonna go back to bed and take a nap <laughs> so, mm. 
uh, I run around and do everything. And I do read for like two or two and a half hours at night before I go to sleep. I went into bed last night. I think it was a little after seven. And I read till 10 o'clock. Oh, wow. Yeah, I can do that too. Sometimes I can lay in bed and read for an hour. And then other times, as you know, I lay in bed yeah. and I'm passed out five seconds later. So. Yeah. <laughs> it's hit or miss well, with you, me. Yeah. If I'm reading a book that really takes me away, I can read for that long. If I'm reading a book that I'm struggling with or is, I'm not into... After half an hour, I'm like, you know what would be good? Sleeping. I also was surprised with this book that Cash, who is the Egyptian, he's supposed to be the next pharaoh. It took a very long time for them to start to physically connect. Oh, I think you mean Khan. You said Cash. Yes, I'm sorry. His, yes, uh, I, I meant bodyguards Khan. Bodyguards or whatever. So, so or sorry. cousin or something, both. Yeah, it's his cousin, bodyguard. Yeah, I think it's 72% in. They still hadn't slept together. Yeah, it is a slow burn. Very slow. And you know how I am with slow burns. I'm like, good God. But then that brings up another point I was going to say about this book. I found it a little more confusing as well because some of the names were similar. The male main character is Khan. And then his two bodyguards that are his cousins and then their twins, right? Yeah. Are Cash and Kazmet. Mm-hmm. So you have three K names that are all together. And then Fenris, who is the female main character, and she also goes by Fen. Yeah. And she is named like that, having to do with a tribute to a god, but then it's also... Freya is a god. So a lot of the names are pretty similar, which is also leading to some of the confusion while you're reading. Well, she was named after... So what happened with her, with Fen, is that her father, I guess, left her mother at some point. So her mother, he was always catting around, I think. So she named... She called him the wolf. He was, her mom always told... Fenris that her dad was Loki mm -hmm. and that Loki is known as the wolf Fenris never believed her because she said this is what a lot of women who yes. have children with no husbands or no men mm -hmm. tell their children to explain away the fact that they're having a baby out of wedlock that was very interesting I thought I'm like oh I wonder if that was true but Loki that's from the Thor movies well but yeah Loki is also from Norse mythology, so... Well, I know. So, yeah, I, I guess was... if you also watch some Marvel movies, you would have yeah. some sort of understanding. Well, no, I, I'm just thinking, oh, that name is still around after all this time because they're using it in the Marvel movies. So, I had a couple highlights, I get. I mean, I had a lot of highlights in this book, but then I didn't go through them. So, this will be okay. kind of garbled as I talk about stuff I highlighted, so apologies. Okay. One of the first things I highlighted in the book was when the book starts, Fenris has been captured in her world, and then she's being sold into slavery. And what happens to these slaves is that once a year, this thing called the like sky gate for the sky bridge will open, the gates will open, and then you are allowed to cross the bridge. Once you cross this bridge into the land called sand and sky where the sand and sky people live you never come back and so when this is happening to her my highlight is there were so few stories of the sand and sky people and those that went through the sky bridge never returned to tell anyone what they had seen my note here was mm -hmm. are the sand and sky people aliens <laughs> i totally thought this was tying in alien lore with the Egyptian mythology, because once you cross the sky bridge, you end up where the basically Egyptian people are. And that didn't really lessen as the book continued, because the people here in the Egyptian world, sand and sky people, they have all of the Egyptian gods, but they also have a lot of very advanced technology that Fenris has never seen before. You know, I didn't even put that together, but now that you're saying that, I, you're right. Oh yeah, I'm. I'm one of those people that still thinks the pyramids were built by aliens. Oh, so. I do too. <laughs> yeah, I do too. And even the Mayan temples, all the drawings that you see inside them, they definitely look like they're alien beings that they're talking about. Mm -hmm. So I actually had a lot of highlights from the beginning of this book because then when she comes over and she's being sold, 
She's purchased by this guy, and this is what he says. I am Nectos of the house of Sekhmet, and you are now my property. Serve me well, and you will find I am a gracious master. Disobey me, and you will die screaming. That is all. As soon as this happened, it reminded me of my one of my favorite TV shows, Spartacus. I didn't know that was your favorite TV show. Why is that? It's not my favorite, but it's one of my favorites. I absolutely loved that series. It was so well done. It was. I didn't so watch good. it because I watched the movie with. Oh Kirk my Douglas. god! How yeah. <laughs> no? <laughs> you got to figure out how to watch the TV show. I think there's only three or four seasons. Okay. Oh, it was so good. I'll take your word for it because uh, you turned me on to Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and I love that show. I liked that when. Fenris gets to this area, the sand and sky area. She starts to have some overlaps pretty quickly with Khan because Khan has been getting these visions of mm -hmm. these symbols. Fenris has that symbol on her thigh, upper thigh, very hot on the cover. Khan has similar symbols to other tattoos she has. He has one on his face. And so she immediately gravitates to him. So it says the tattoo on her hip and upper thigh was considered o Odin's Algiz rune. He's like, oh, wow. I, first I saw this branched tree symbol. Mm -hmm. And now you have this symbol that is similar to a symbol that we have. So they very quickly realize that there's some sort of connection between them. Yeah, and the other thing that he's dreaming about that he doesn't understand, he's constantly being hunted by a golden eye wolf. And when he sees her, her eyes are the same color as the wolf's. And yes. she is supposedly the descendant of the wolf god. Yes, and I just realized that I said the cousins' names wrong. The cousins are Keems and Kashmet, but then Kashmet also goes by Cash. Which yeah, it's. Mm -hmm. It's a lot. It's a lot of very similar names that, but I really like the cousins because they bring a little bit of comic banter. Yes. Yeah. Banter, lightheartedness, because when they're introduced, this is how he introduces them to her. He says, Fenris Runetongue. This is Keems and Kashmet, my cousins, bodyguards, and general burdens that I must bear. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I like their relationship a lot. That was a highlight of the book. Mm -hmm. They're also known as the Dread Twins. Because and they're they are, twins. Even they are rolling their eyes and going, when are you guys going to get a room? Oh, very quickly. They're like, could you guys just hook up yeah. already? Mm -hmm. And it, it turns out that she has magic and he has magic and she can feel his magic brushing against her. It says the magic brushed against her again, caressing her with the sensation of fresh rain and green growing things. He sounded hot. He does. He does sound mm -hmm. very hot and his magic works well with hers, I think. And their magic starts to intertwine more and more as they further their relationship in the book yeah and she neither one of them understands why or what's happening but he wants her to teach him more about the magic and he tells her be careful using your magic here because somebody other than me may notice that you're using it yeah she can kind of i want to say project almost but she can kind of expand her magic or read auras because a few times she's able to use her symbols to figure out when people are meaning harm for her or for him. Yeah, they start to burn. Yeah, the she has one on burn. her on the by the base of her thumb or something, and it starts to warm up or burn, and she knows that there's danger. This was another highlight I had. She looked down and saw tiny threads of his aura touching hers. She recognized them as the beginnings of a bond, a friendship. Already, it shouldn't have surprised her. This is a cute way of saying their bonds are kind of mm -hmm. connecting or starting. It sounded really cute. It did. And I love bonding, of course. Of course. <laughs> who doesn't? Yeah, so we learn a little bit about his background. His father is the pharaoh, but he 
isn't he his stepson? I don't think he, so. Well, he is a, or they're the same father, different mothers, him and the stepsister that. They have different mothers. Oh, okay. That might be what so you're thinking of. Different mothers, same, same fathers, but the Pharaoh prefers the daughter, which I thought was interesting that it was a girl. I think because they had different mothers and the dad agreed to let the son be raised when he was a small child in the mother's homeland. Because there the was a lot of, yeah, there was a lot of references to the fact that he didn't really like how the son was turning out because he was too similar to these types of people who were a little more understanding and soft-hearted and they weren't ruthless yeah. bastards basically mm -hmm. they didn't believe in slaves god forbid yeah and he was a lot like his mother who passed away i think the daughter was always raised in this ruthless area so she was more similar to the pharaoh himself and that's why she was a little more preferred but i think because khan was the firstborn, then he was next in line technically yeah, he was supposed to come become Pharaoh after the Pharaoh passed away. But his stepsister is the polar opposite of him and evil and mean. What else did you highlight in this book? I highlighted this because I thought it was funny. She's looking at a picture or I think it's a map or something. And she's asking about the dragons. And they say, they aren't dragons. They are crocodiles. Animals yeah. that live in the rivers. There is a god with a crocodile head called Sobek. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that was pretty yeah. funny i guess if you've never seen a crocodile before sure you probably think they were dinosaurs yes i also did you read enough you should have i think into it to get to the relationship between keems and aston the guy that works in yes, the like, laboratories yeah it's a combative obviously she secretly got the hots for him but he doesn't understand her because she comes off as very hostile to him and he doesn't understand why and i think because he's like a lab rat he doesn't pick up on normal social cues maybe but their interactions also lended to some of the comic relief because this mm -hmm. was something yeah. this was an interaction between them i am standing right here keems snapped <laughs> aston looked down his long nose at her you are well done i can stand too <laughs> <laughs> God. And he says to him, why do you bring her? She's always in a bad mood. She's always angry. He's so oblivious. Yes. I'm mad at oblivious people too. <laughs> he's super smart, but he's so oblivious. I don't know if you got to this part in the book, but something ends up happening to him and they think that he died. And no, she I didn't. Okay. And then Keems, he's not dead. Keems is very pissed off. You know, when your worry turns quickly to anger, that's yes, what the happens. Story of my to her. life, yes. And he's like, "What? Why is she so mad? I don't get it." And everyone's just like rolling their eyes and shaking their head at them, and they're like, "You are freaking hopeless, dude." So I don't really have a lot more to say about this book. I don't know about you, if, or if you want to. Okay, so you... basically, what happens in the book is that she goes over there. She's a slave con she meets con at this event she has to fight in the stadium pit style thing like spartacus does con ends up purchasing her under the guise of being her concubine so that he can talk to her and learn more about her magic because he's been having all these visions that he thinks are about her magic so they end up living together spending time together as they're doing all of that and they're off now, not in like the main city. They're kind of at his like childhood home. As they're there, word comes to them that the Pharaoh has died. The stepsister. That actually happens while he's there because they have to flee out that hidden oh, tunnel. That's right. And so this, the stepsister is then declared as the new pharaoh Pharaoh, yeah because she blames him she tells everybody yes. he killed the pharaoh so they're running for their lives because now she's trying to get him because she wants to kill him now he has to decide he has to be kind of convinced that he would be a better ruler for these people than the stepsister was because at first he's like that's fine fen you and i can go live our lives we can be together he really doesn't want to be the pharaoh 
Yeah, he doesn't want to be the pharaoh. He wants to live his life. But then he's finally convinced that he would be the better option for these people because the sister's a big old bitch. And so they end up going back to the town to fight the sister and take back the kingdom. In the meantime, this is more of developing their relationship and we get more on the grandfather who also was pretty funny. He's constantly hitting on Fenris and telling mm -hmm. the grandson, if you don't lock it down, I'm going to swoop in. Um, this was a highlight. I put uh, Sargon is the grandfather. Mm -hmm. So it says, why did you do it at all? Sargon shot Fenismile. Not to say that you aren't lovely, my dear, but I have learned that it takes more than a pretty face to sway someone as stubborn as Khan. Fen grinned, liking Sargon already. I dazzled him with my barbarian witch powers. <laughs> yep. How fascinating. Do tell me more. Sargon filled her glass. I'm always happy to meet beautiful women with hidden magic. I love that. He likes her immediately. She fits in really well with his family. So basically the whole third act of the book is them going back to take over their land. And so it turns out, I don't know if you got to this part, but she, when she came to this Egyptian sand and sky place, the two gods that she revered the most, Odin and Freya, she could only ever feel Freya. And mm -hmm. only Freya's magic ever worked for her. Odin's magic was gone. And so she was very concerned that Odin had abandoned, abandoned her. her. Yeah, through the whole book, she's complaining about that. But then we we found out there was a bet while they were fighting to, to kidnap her. Khan travels back to see her while she's hurt and unconscious. And he is shown what happened when she was captured. Yes. So he sees the two gods make this bet and Odin abandons her towards the very, very end of the book. She does find out that Loki is in fact her father oh. because Freya confirms it for her because she goes oh. to talk to Freya again. So Freya confirms for her that Loki is her father and that she had to do this thing with Odin to get her out of Odin's thumb out from mm. under Odin's thumb. Okay. And then once everything is really, really done and wrapped up, then Freya returns and Loki actually appears. And Freya tells Loki, my debt to you is paid and your child is free. And so basically this whole thing was concocted by Loki to get his daughter Fenris out from under Odin's spell because Odin's tattoo that's on her disappears and instead Loki's tattoo appears and it's like a brand of ownership and so now Fenris is no longer owned by Odin she's free to do what she wants and now she's part of Loki's recognized family I guess do her and Khan ever have sex yes you didn't even get to that part no I couldn't I, I couldn't uh I got to the part with the grandfather and her telling him because he asked her, what would you do if you were me? And she said, I would go back and fight. She stole something of you or she three times she's wronged you. Don't even think about the court. You should think about your people and your people need you because she's going to your sister mm -hmm. has Hasnian Hasnia is going to ruin the city um, like leeches do, she says. Okay, so they do. Their scenes are very good. I really liked how they completed their bond. They don't actually get like a, they do kind of get like an actual bond, but it's not like they get married. They don't get like a mate bite or anything, but they okay. have this thing that they call a bond braids. So oh, yeah, mm -hmm. she's going to do her hair before they have this big showdown. And she says, I'm going to weave some small protection braids into my hair. Would you like one too? He, then she asks him to help, I think. And he says, what type of braid? And she says, you know what type. I don't want you to do it if you don't feel the same. I know this time tomorrow you are going to have different responsibilities and the Ankarians won't want... And then he interrupts her. Fenris, say it. And then <laughs> she confesses, I want you to put a bond braid in my hair because I love you and I want everyone to know I belong to you. And he says, I love you too. 
And he says, I will be Pharaoh and they won't dare say a word about her being a, a former slave. Now he's, now she's the, whatever the wife, basically bondmaid of a Pharaoh is called. Okay. And he says, there has been so much in my life that I've had no choice over. I will not bend when it comes to you. I got to choose you. You are mine. No one is taking you from me. Not the fucking court or the gods themselves. I loved him. I did too. I love them together. I did too. There were a lot of things that I liked about this book, but I just, I couldn't finish it. I was like, there's too much history lesson in here for me. Well, yeah, there's a lot. I thought they were very sweet together. And I like their interaction. I like their co- his cousins that were twins. I liked his grandfather. So because you didn't finish the book, you didn't get to the part where she does actually shift into a wolf. <laughs> what? Are you kidding me? <laughs> what? <laughs> Jesus Christ, what chapter is that in? Chapter 42. So she's finally oh my God. figured out the whole Loki thing. She's finally accepting the Loki thing. She was always worried about giving into that side of her supposed possible origin because Fenris, she's named after a god or a goddess that was rumored to be the bringer out of the destruction of the world. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So she finally gives into her powers and realizes she can use the chaos for good. She doesn't have to use it for evil, yada, yada. I, I quit reading on chapter 35. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, so this was way past where you finished. Only but... 50 pages. Okay. Okay. So it says, Fen's vision blurred and red power exploded through her. Fur and claws burst through her skin. She moved faster than time and she was suddenly pinning Hasina, the stepsister, to the ground. Mm-hmm. Her fanged mouth holding her by the throat. She caught a glimpse of herself in the shining side of the metal she do. She was as big as a chimera, her gray and white fur bristling on end and large golden eyes shining with fur. So she does transform one time. And then after that first time, I think she's able to do it whenever she wants. But she's stuck in that wolf body for like a full 24 hours. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Get out of it. So. <laughs> oh, wow. That, that is fun. I cannot believe that I'm like, well, there's no wolf in this book. I'm just going <laughs> <laughs> to. Christ. Unbelievable. Uh, her dad finally sh- reveals himself. He says, Javi, which is another word for Odin, basically. Javi has enough of my children chained. I didn't want you to suffer the same fate. By the time I learned of your existence, the gallows god already had his noose around your neck. This was the only way I could get you free. That was my last highlight in the book, actually. So flipping through that chapter, did she, she's saying, I didn't try to poison you, did she? And that, she's saying it's the same kind of poison that killed the pharaoh. So did she kill her father? She did kill the pharaoh, yes. And she did try to poison him? She's just lying, yeah. Oh, because she's that evil. I don't know why I expect. You know, I was watching some court TV thing the other day. And I thought how ridiculous it is when a defendant takes the stand and swears that they're going to tell the truth. They're freaking murderer, rapist, child molester. What makes people think just because they put their hand on the Bible or whatever, they're going to tell the truth? I, I don't get that. If they're a murderer, they're, I'm sure being a liar is nothing to them. So yeah, what so did you rate this book after all is said and done? I really liked this book. I enjoyed it. I did think that it was hard to not get through in the terms of it's a hard read, but you can't just sit down and read this book very quickly and be done yes. with it. I think that was my problem because I actually did like this book too, but I just, you did have to really commit to it. And I just, I'm a commitment phobic. I couldn't. And I think also because of how we format the podcast where we read one book a week and we are trying to crank out the reading and the recording and the episodes so quickly that this maybe wasn't the best fit for the podcast, but I did like the book. So I would recommend it. And okay. I think I would give it like a four, four and a quarter wet panty. 
Yeah, I even though I struggled with the book, I would still probably give it three and a half. Relatively, that kind of makes wet. sense. Yeah, because I did like the book. I did like all the information, but you know exactly what you said is true because we're trying to format this. There's a lot of reading pressure sometimes. Yes, like a book that I recommended, another book, is kind of long. And you said it would be okay for the podcast, but we probably have to split it into two episodes. Yeah, so. I, I realize over a certain number of pages, we've got to split it because I just, you know, I can't. But I did, when I stopped reading this book, I started reading our next book that we're supposed oh to did read. you okay so, i haven't started it yet but the, the next book's way shorter i'm it's not going to be a problem so i think three and a half you know how tight i am on giving panties to people i think three and a half panties for this book is pretty good that is a good rating i uh downloaded another book from this author actually because i liked this book this one's totally unrelated to the book we just talked about. It's called King of Swords. Okay. What's that about? I don't really know, honestly. <laughs> it's a similar standalone sort of fantasy okay. situation to this. Mm. So I'm going to try to read that. Well, you're way smarter than me. So you're into a challenge. I'm at this point in my life. I don't want any challenges. I want yeah, to just so roll with I, it. I would recommend that book. Um, okay. If you have like the time to really sit down, and it was in KU, so well. Also, if I'm reading it on my own time rather than for the podcast, I can take my time and get yeah, into it. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like we are under time pressure, and I don't think you would have been able to finish it before we recorded. So that was another reason why you had to stop reading it. So, so do you want to talk about the next book? I most certainly do. I'm very excited. It's called. To Touch a Dragon by Naomi Lucas. And we have read her books before. And I love the artwork on the cover of this book. Have you looked at it? Uh, yes, I did. It's pretty cool. His skin yeah. looks cool. It looks like scales. Yeah, and he does have wings. You can see his wings behind him on the left side. It's. I think he's very hot looking. And I have to say, this is crazy. Uh, I'm going to say this ahead of time, even though we're not talking about the book right now. I started reading this book and just last week I was bitching to you about why does it always have to be the women that die of a virus? Why don't, doesn't some author write about the male population dying of a virus? And in this book, lo and behold, I picked this book, the male population has all but died out from a virus. Oh, wow. That is weird. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, that is crazy. Yeah, it's like perfect timing because I've never in my life of all my books of reading shifter books read a book where it's the male, the male population that is affected. So hats off to you, girl, already. Yeah, I'm excited to read this one too. So the book that we read was Viper, mm -hmm. book one in the Naga Bride series. That was season one, episode 10. For I think I read once too listen to the episode we did on that book didn't you read more books in that series i think i read like three or four of them i don't know how many books are in that series but i read i think i read the the next book possibly the next two yeah i think i read a total of three books in that series i like her as an author mm -hmm. me too yeah her characters are different and interesting um so yeah i'm excited to read this book are you reading anything else right now or doing anything really, else? I'm not really reading anything else. I did read Survive the Cursed by Ashton Abbott. Okay. Was that it good? It was really good, but it was also very dark and gory. Oh. It, it's like a zombie, witch, paranormal, kind of like Walking Dead. But it's book one, and I think it's only a duet. And book two is not out yet, but I'm definitely going to read book two. I can't even watch The Walking Dead because I'm so afraid that the zombie stuff is going to happen. The female main character in this book is a human. And there are zombies, witches, vampires, and 
I feel like I'm missing something, but maybe it's only those three that I can think of right now. And so what ends up happening is kind of the apocalypse or what have you. And all of these supernatural sorts of creatures appear at the same time. So they're not just surviving the zombies. And her zombies are different than zombies I've read before. Mm. And it's kind of cool how she does it. But it's super dark. It's really graphic and gory. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know if I can read it. I didn't know if I would be that into it. I actually really like this author. I've read a few books by her. And once I started reading it, I could not stop. Oh, maybe I will. What's her name again? The author's name? Ashton Abbott. She's actually the author of the book I asked you if we could do that. You said yes, but only if we split it into two Oh, uh, all right. episodes. So, okay, that's fine. Can I mention my Etsy store or do you? Or, are yeah, you go ahead. This? All right. So I opened my Etsy store again. I had it closed for a very long time. Um, but if any of our listeners want to check it out, I, I don't ship internationally because I don't know how. Um, but the store is called Soul Inspirations, and the website is www.iris.ires513.etsy.com. Check it out, cool. and let me know uh, if you like my dolls or not. And then once we're back from Scotland, um, I'll probably just start making them to donate them again, but I need to get us money for food <laughs> oh god okay <laughs> so I'm, I'm gonna start i'm gonna try it this way and see what happens okay so we might be eating at the reader's retreat because food's included and then after that who knows that's right that's okay right. that's fine but they're adorable i think and um you sh you guys should all check it out they are super cute thank you all right, all right. honey well, I'm going to go so I can start running all my errands to try to get stuff for... How does he know every goddamn time that we're about to end? How? <laughs> I don't know. It's like uh, he's, I, he knows it's about to end, so he stands up. He starts shaking uh -huh. his head and his whole body. How? Yeah. Because he just knows your every move at this point. I don't know, babe. Yeah, okay. He loves you. Yeah, okay. All, all right. right. <laughs> Have fun, sweetie. All right. I'll talk to you later. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Bonded Books Podcast. You can rate and review us on Spotify and Apple Podcast. Our email is bondedbookspodcast at gmail.com. And check the show notes for a link to all of our social media.